1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14 through 22. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, Will, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, right in the middle of it. Yep. Uh, just right before we hit the record button, um, I joked and said, can we read something that's not convicting? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul said, nope. <laughs> yeah, and so, and we were also just discussing, this book is is so great for the modern church. Mm. Um, Corinth was a, a modern city. Uh, all modern cities, all through history, have had one thing in common. They like things other than God. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, yep. you get a bunch of sophisticated people together, and the tendency is to just pat ourselves on the back and think we're awesome, yep. and then make our own way of living that's yep. wayward Absolutely. from the Lord. Absolutely. Uh, and so this is clearly to, again, the church audience. Yep. And this church audience kind of has one foot in the world, one foot in the church of Christ. Yeah. And they're like, we're good. And Paul is calling him out and saying, you're actually not good. Mm -hmm. You're actually in dangerous territory. Mm -hmm. So you can't have both. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really kind of the heart behind this middle section here. Mm. Yeah. He underlines here how holistic, you know, and he uses communion as the image and mm -hmm. Lord's supper but how holistic of a claim Christ makes on our life. Yeah, that's a good thought. That's when you break word. the bread and drink the the blood, it's not just like, I, I think sometimes, which it is this, so I, I don't want to demean this, but it's not just a reminder of Christ's work for us. And I think a lot of the times I'm certainly guilty of watering down <laughs> the Lord's Supper to just that. It's like, oh, this is a reminder of how much God loves me, how much he's done for me. Mm-hmm. But it's also a reminder of the commitment that it is to have the meal. Like you are partaking in the in the body of and blood of Christ, and you are joining yourself. You're literally eating it. Like you are combining the body of Christ with your own. Yeah. Like what a powerful image, and what a what a dangerous image. I mean that that's a big thing, and you know I think that's why uh, you know there's sort of the whole different churches have different views about whether or not to offer the Lord's supper to people who would not claim to walk with Jesus. And, and this is, this is the reasoning behind not, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it's not just yeah. like a, a nice pithy little metaphor for Jesus dying for us. Like it is a commitment. It is saying like, as much as Christ offered up his body, as much as Christ spilled his blood, so may I. 
Yeah. And, and, and then he, he gives us those other little snapshots because this is always so good, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I want somebody to realize something about themselves, I talk about not them, but somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what Nathan, Nathan did. Yeah. There David. we go. Yeah. And so he's like, by the way, the people in Israel, when they're like going to the altar in the temple, like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you call them Jewish? Mm-hmm. And of course they're like, yeah. And he's like, and people that like sacrifice to other pagan gods, wouldn't you call them like pagan? Mm-hmm. And so the, obviously the, you know, the answer would be like, well, yeah. He's like, yeah, well you say you're of Christ. So like be of Christ. Yeah. Oof. And that's, I mean, that's, he does those two little, those two little kind of writing skills where people are like, he diverts their attention and then just yeah. gets them real good. Yeah. And he has this line, which is just so strong. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Oh. And he just lands it. And obviously he's talking about a lot more than just drinking a drink. Like sure, he, sure. It's going back to that picture of whole life devotions that you can't be. I mean, it goes back to the teaching of Christ. You cannot serve two masters. Yep. You'll either hate the one or you'll love the other. Exactly. Devoted to one, and not so, devoted to the other. That's right. And and it's this call to, to flee from that and to flee to the Lord and to be wholly devoted to him and wholly protected by him. And, and then what do you make of this interesting, uh, you know, Paul, he, he has so much spunk and sass in this letter. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Verse 22. Are we yeah. stronger than he? Yeah. What do you make of that? Well, he again is going back to that, that account in, in the Torah of the Israelites coming out. And the, the verse that he's referring to is Deuteronomy 32, 21. They have made me jealous with what is no God. Mm. They have provoked me to anger with their idols. So I will make them jealous with those who are no people. I will promote, provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Mm. And there is a, that one that's such a strong line, the Lord saying, they're, they're provoking me to anger, worshiping no God at all. And yeah. they're, and they're, they're worshiping a God. Yeah. But the God's like not, not even a God. Yeah. Like, yeah. N- just a creation some idol made with hands, hands or yeah, something exactly and so that if if something other than the lord maybe has our heart mm-hmm. it's really good to step back and give it a very honest look mm-hmm. what is that thing that has captured my heart or at least is running parallel with my affection for the lord yeah and if i were to embrace that other thing fully how well would i be served mm. Absolutely. How well will that thing receive my worship? Hmm. And most every time, in fact, I, I would just roll a dice and say 10 out of 10. If you're real honest, that thing would just as soon be worshiped by somebody else, stab you in the back, doesn't care about you. Like it's not going to do what you really want it to do. Hmm. Yeah. I think that idea of jealousy, you know, we, I think the, the old, classic praise song now how he loves and it opens up with the oh, he's song. jealous for me um and you know so there's there's this interesting like there's nuance here so obviously take it with a grain of salt but we talk about the lord being jealous for us and, and you know it's it's the basis of our salvation is that he is jealous for his people it's so jealous that he would he would split the grave open for us mm-hmm. so that is beautiful and, and good and worthy of our worship mm-hmm. but I think sometimes we can get too comfortable with that to to forsake the idea that, you know, we don't like want to make God jealous. And, and, you know, I think marriage is a helpful 
picture that like Jenna is jealous for my love and affection and, and as she should be and, and Heather for yours. But like, that's not something I want to like. It's not, doesn't help if we stir up that. Jealousy. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't, like doesn't, what sort of terrible person would I be? Yeah, yeah. To like go try to make Jenna jealous or to like even be okay with her being jealous. You know, it's like, yeah, that's, that's not me fulfilling my end of the, of the covenant with her. That's right. And, and so I think we have to think about that in terms of worship to the Lord. Like he is jealous for, for our hearts. He's jealous for our worship. Um, but never, ever, ever should we, you know, take that for granted. That's right. And, and, you know, to your point, like in the Old Testament, like God's jealousy being stirred is not, it doesn't create a great picture. Like it's it, not a good night's sleep for the other folks. Yeah, his exactly. Jealousy is exactly. And so how much, and same, you know, that applies to the marriage thing. It's like, if I'm going to be provoking the jealousy of my wife, then we're not going to be like this happy home you know like there's a huge right. rift in the relationship and so mm -hmm. we should strive to to walk with the lord in love and in fellowship and not provoke him to jealousy and we do that by abiding in him abiding in his love man and when we abide in his love we avoid so much heartache yes and the that deuteronomy reference the lord says fine I'll let you have that other God. Mm. And because that's really what the people wanted anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord in a very, in a very kind way, this is like hard love, like tough yeah. love. He's like, he's like, okay, I'm gonna let you have it. And it leads them to this miserable existence until they just are like, let's go back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. yeah. And man, let's, I don't want us to find ourselves in that spot no. where the Lord just, kindly says okay yeah if you really want that thing go get it yeah and then we waste all this time and energy mm -hmm. and we just become miserable but i would just almost guarantee because we've all been there to some extent if you hear this and you're like that's me hey then the lord's calling you back you're realizing mm -hmm. you're miserable like come back to him mm -hmm. and that is the sweetest spot and it may it may have taken you five years to walk away, and it's it's one step to come back. Mm, absolutely, and that's that is the kindness and the beauty of His love. And you realize He's jealous for me because He knows there's nothing better than Him for me. Yeah, and you know, I, Paul, I don't want to isolate this from the rest of the letter. He he's working to reorient the people's right. hearts back to. The mystery of the gospel, the the foolishness of the cross, which is that the God of all would die for us. And yeah. so it, it's, you know, this is not like a heavy handed stern rebuke just back to like this religious slavery, but it's to abide in the love of a God who would die for you. Yeah. These other gods won't die for you. Amen. So a great reminder as we continue to roll through First Corinthians 10. For Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 
1-800-285-1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.